Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of Layout. This week, we talk about doing user research as designers and burnout. So let's get to the show. Hey man, how's it going? Great, how are you? I am good. We are recording now on a on a weekend, but we kind of shifted our our schedule a bit. Just try to accommodate both of our schedules, which also kind of changed. Uh, so as you probably already noticed last week, we are planning to post every uh, Tuesday. So that's like the... It might be delayed by a day or something, but that's like where we're aiming for mm-hmm. Tuesday. Yeah. And like one thing you might not know is that we're uh, five hours apart. <laughs> um, so <laughs> scheduling is pretty difficult. So, yeah. But we found a time that uh, works for both of us. So, shouldn't have to worry about that. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I'll just say we, we are striving to have a more regular schedule because sometimes we, like we kind of bounce. Um, like we posted when we, when we could basically, but now we're we're a bit more strict with ourselves. So uh, that should be good. And with that said, let's dive right in follow up because we have uh, just two a couple a couple notes on follow up. Yeah. Um, so the first one was a clarification by uh, my friend uh, Alexi. He uh, let us know that the Google Photos. Um, the, the free tier is a compressed version that everyone has access to. And these people can pay to get full resolution, but Pixel users, they get full resolution uploads for free uh, forever. Whatever that means. Which is I awesome. Mean, there's always kind of <laughs> masterings to that. but um, Until Google decides to shut it down in a couple of years. If Well, no, that's not fair. Uh, no, <laughs> Google I mean, is known to shut down projects. It's better than nothing, right? Like, Take whatever you can get. It's awesome. I, w- I would love to to have this. Yeah, definitely. You should do that for... You You could use Google Photos with, with the iPhone, right? I yep. mean, you can download the app or something. Yep. It has the automatic import and stuff. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure how that works with, like, if you don't keep the app opened or whatever, like, for a little while. I don't know that if they're allowed to, like, kind of wake up in the background and start uploading all the photos. No, I think it's it's kind of like what uh, what was it called? Dropbox's oh uh, carousel, carousel. There you go. Like every time you open the app, it would import new photos that you had in your device and just upload it. Right. I I, I think that's how they they're doing it. Right. Not sure though. So yeah, uh, another piece of follow up regarding our uh, last episode's discussion on what do you carry in each pocket of your pants, basically, <laughs> and. <laughs> The discussion like trickled down to Slack, our Slack channel, by the way, if you're not in it, in that, you can go to spec.fm slash Slack and join. Um, so in our, in our uh, little Slack channel, a lot of people chimed in and <laughs> uh, some completely agreeing with what we said, some completely disagreeing with what we said, and we kind of like engaged in an interesting discussion. So thanks to uh, AJ, Thomas, Joseph, and Justin... In Slack. And uh, yeah, we also, I don't know how it came down to it, but we also started sharing some like pictures of our wallets. <laughs> um, I posted a picture there. Uh, which wallet are you using? Uh, so yeah, I thought I'd add mine as well. Um, so I'm using the minimalist wallet from Ugmunk. It's pretty nice. It's not as thin as like the like really obsessive thin wallet people uh, use, mm-hmm. uh, but it's <laughs> thinner than uh, most wallets uh, and I quite like it yeah I took a look at it man it looks awesome like it's Ugmunk I love that brand I'm just not sure if and this is just by looking at the pictures I'm not sure if it will fit uh, euro uh, bills uh, because they are considerably larger than US dollar bills um, so I'm not Sure, I look like it's. I don't want to buy it and then realize, you know what, this can't carry. So I'm just going to look at a review or something. Uh, or if someone uh, in the audience, uh, <laughs> if you have this Ugmunk wallet and if you are in Europe and carry Euro dollar bills, 
euro dollar bills that's not a thing euro bills um let me know i was like oh i'll look if the canadian like bills are uh like take up the full size and then i noticed oh wait yeah i don't have any <laughs> in my wallet i i think i have i like don't have bills for like four or five weeks now <laughs> just don't pay cash anywhere yeah i still i still have to pay cash that and carry uh like coins a change which is terrible but uh like when I, when i was in the us i never carried change right basically yeah uh like if someone gives me change back i just drop it at a tip jar or something like nope i don't want nothing of that um but because you know because you do have like one dollar bill uh here in in europe you have like one euro two euros um coins like change um mm -hmm. and bills only start at five and up yeah same thing in, in canada so i ended up just carrying a lot of change as well um like to pay for you know coffee or something i carry that around whoa uh the wallet that i use is actually um made by my aunt which um she runs this this company she produces like leather goods basically um It came like from my grandfather, like it's been in my family, that, that factory basically from uh, a couple generations now. And it's like, I, I get to try all their like prototypes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so uh, yeah, every now and then I just go there and check out what they're cooking. <laughs> and the wallet I have, it's, um, it's made by, by them. It's, it's a leather, like high quality wallet. And again, it's not like thin, it's thin-ish, uh, but it's like the, the classic right. layout thing. So yeah. And that's it for follow-up. <laughs> We did it. So today, uh, our first topic is user research. Yeah, so um, this is something I've been thinking a lot more about uh, these past few weeks. Uh, and something that we've really, um, something that we've put more emphasis in as our, uh, in part of our process. So what I mean by user research is... Um, taking some time to actually sit down face to face uh, with your users and sort of get their thoughts either on um, like specific designs that you have that you want to get their input on. Um, but the one I'm more interested in uh, at the moment is uh, preliminary research. Um, so that's before you haven't started designing anything. So um, at that point, mm. usually you're just kind of like, you come with an open mind and you want to know, okay, what are people's thoughts around, um, I don't know, this kind of problem. And then you kind of want to help gain an understanding of, of, okay, like what are the different use cases here? Um, what are the solutions that people like? Uh, what are the solutions that people don't like? And I think what's great about uh, this preliminary research uh, is that designers can do it pretty easily so and the reason why that is is that because you haven't like started designing anything you're a lot less likely to be biased when you're asking questions because <laughs> um, that's the danger when you you try to do your own research um, on like specific designs or specific solutions is that subconsciously you'll influence uh, the merchants towards uh, the kind of like solution that you prefer and at that point you're like really invested into the solution so uh yeah um i've i've done uh visited one merchant recently uh and that was super cool because um i got to use uh, some of the knowledge that our research team kind of like shared with us they've been doing a really good job lately at empowering designers to do their own research um And so, yeah, um, someone on, on the design team, uh, Shopify, uh, Vivian, uh, wrote a super good, a good article on kind of like her few tips uh, for how to do research. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. But yeah, I thought it'd be cool to sort of go through um, and talk about that for a bit. Uh, I, was, I was curious, uh, have you ever done this before? Uh, no. And <laughs> like the... I'd say that the main reason for that is something that I feel like a lot of companies struggle with and is something that we should like fight against, which is for the better or for the, or the worse, user research is something that is always like 
postponed like in a company mm-hmm. like it comes very late in the in the life cycle of a company like when you're five people uh, like especially like if you're a startup silicon valley you have like you have to ship 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 because you have investors up your leg just they want to see results and you kind of have like you know you just skip user research which which is terrible but understandable in a way um at least like from from the ceo point of view you know um so no what i did was at this um this agency that i used to work at we when we started a new project what we did was we called it benchmarking i don't know if that's like the appropriate like the appropriate definition of what we were doing but basically is if a, if a client comes to us with an idea they wanted to do x uh we would start out by looking at what other people are doing in the field mm-hmm. um so let's say that uh you want to build um like a sports brand like selling i don't know sports shoes whatever you would look at all the the competition what's going out there and see oh you know what i see a segment of the the market doing like this edgy powerful bold thing i see this other like appealing more to emotion so you would have like this graph of like different approaches to the same problem and then i would do some research like seeing how people use this how people are like how used to this uh, they are if if you kind of need to teach the user like this product is this new is not and see where the pain points were but we never like sometimes we we send out just some um inquiries like some some questions but i would i never like sit down face to face with a user and like ask about a product or something um which is something that I, like i i would love to uh, i kind of feel like that's something that i still have to learn a lot what we do now is just you know some user research but after shipping a product right yeah yeah and that's where i started too i've only started doing um kind of like preliminary research um like fairly recently um and mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean there's this like kind of preconception that this sort of research takes a lot of time but it really doesn't <laughs> um it's like it's a matter of just like a couple hours um, and you don't need to do like the, a crazy big report or anything. Um, but it's really more about like putting a face on a certain problem and being able to like look at someone and then like really like re- can relate on a human level uh, on the kinds of problems that they're facing. Uh, and then by like just meeting, I don't know, like, three or four users, you'll be able to get like a pretty good, like it won't be a representative sample, but you'll be able to like see like roughly 80% of uh, the different use cases in like just talking to just a couple users. Uh, and it takes no time uh, and it's super fun and you'll learn a ton. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting as um, we so- sort of start thinking more about process as designers um, that we kind of discover kind of like more things um, that we can be doing that are not like just sitting down at a computer, but that are still part of the design process. Um, So it can help us a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I would would love to explore and have more experience in the field. Um, How, so right now I'm not at a, at a project's life cycle where mm. I could do that. Like we're hard down in implementation right now. So all my focus right now is like, after this is out of the door, we ship this. How certain can I be that, like I will know if something is wrong with, especially with the UI, with the design of, of the products. So actually we, I just, I just had like a, a talk with, with our head of, of um, like technical support. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, we were building this where, like, I don't have to go through every ticket and just to, to find out what people are saying. Or right, yeah, because that's super time consuming. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to set up this. Like, he's gonna, someone's gonna go through all the tickets, see what people are saying, and like something that I really try to 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 focus on is, especially in design, like if a feature like is broken. People will let you know. They will write in saying, "Hey, I tried to do this. It's broken. You give me, you give me an error or something, something." That's like that's easy to track. 
What's not easy to track is stuff like, uh, is the user aware that uh, he or she could do this? Like, is, is it even aware of this whole feature mm -hmm. that we have? Um, is that like explicitly conveyed through UI or just through copy or like, that's way harder to pinpoint because people won't let you know, like they're not going to write in saying, Hey, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about this feature right. that you guys have that could save a ton of time. Um, so I really try to focus that, like when we reach out to people, see, like try to understand really the problem because Maybe he was trying to do something that he could have done in a way easier way, like if use that feature, that click that button or whatever. So again, I'm not at that point where I'm going to have data and I can act on it, but it's something that like I'm, 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 I'm worried and I want to have this system in place that that I'm going to get all that data. Um, uh, how do how do you guys do do that? Like, do you have something like something like this implemented uh, for support tickets? Like, how do you know, how, how do you get your feedback after you shipped um, uh -huh. the product that you've worked on? Um, how and when do you get all the data? Like, are users happy? Do they understand the feature? Uh, you know, is conversion up or down or whatever, all the, the, the metrics that you need or would like to have? Right. Well, well, hopefully all of that stuff happens before launch. Uh, so usually we tend to beta test our, like, pretty much anything that we do. Um, to be able to like make the appropriate changes before they actually go out, um, and that requires a lot like more like technical overhead. Um, but yeah, so um, we look at a lot of different things. Um, so we'll look at data a lot, um, and so that usually like tends to help out with knowing okay how many people use like that feature. Um, so we'll we'll see that like measure usage um well obviously conversion rate is a big thing that we keep a really close eye on uh and <laughs> like i mean we won't really ship something unless we're confident that the conversion rate at least stays the same uh or goes up and yeah uh, we tend to do again like some more user research, like once we have a full solution implemented, and then we'll get some feedback from the um, uh, the beta group. Um, so have like actual people uh, that are like emailing us feedback uh, as we're like designing and developing the product. Um, mm -hmm. And then once the project is fully la launched, then we'll have like a kind of a second round. Um, so the way like our, our support staff um, handles our, our requests, basically everything gets tagged. Um, so then we'll have like a, a tag with like all the requests for this project. Um, and then we have this, uh, this like person, I guess like it's, it's a role that like multiple people do, um, that is called uh, product support network. Um, and this is like the, the people that are kind of our liaison with the support team, they're going to actually go in and do um, some sort of summary. Okay, here's how the launch went. Uh, here's people's main questions. Here's kind of um, some of the stuff people like, some of the stuff people don't like. And then they'll make sure to kind of like coordinate if there needs to be like some sort of standardized me message that all of our, uh, like we call them gurus, but like support people uh, give back to customers. Um, so that Good. kind of like the answer that we give is the most accurate possible. Um, and yeah, this is kind of sort of how we learn. And then as part of each uh, project that we do, uh, there's a phase in the process that is the tweak phase that happens right after build. So the team doesn't like just ship a feature and then go off to a new project right away. Um, we've actually like uh, built some time into uh, our kind of like project structure for making improvements and making changes. So uh, we try to be, be like as reactive as possible. Um, but obviously like we can't always make all the changes right away. Um, so it's a kind of a case by case basis. And um, that's fascinating to me. Like, <laughs> The environment that I'm I'm on is is completely different. Uh, a lot of stuff like I we we just can't afford. Uh, it's a more 
chaotic environment, if yeah, you will? Certainly. Honestly, like this is the first company that I've been at where we do this. Um, and we're still kind of like learning a lot. And like we've only added some of those things recently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that you can, you should probably be able to get most of the value um, without like as many like people be involved and as many kind of stuff happening. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like how, like how do you track your, your stuff once the product is launched? Uh, yeah, we launched it. We look at metrics. Uh, we see if the tickets increase or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> we kind of like, yeah. Um, basically we don't have like a tweak phase, uh, as soon as we launch it, actually before we even launch it from the design standpoint, I'm already working on something else. Um, and just kind of like review it. Uh, I'll make sure that all the feedback, all the data comes to me. So I'm aware of what's going on. And when I can, like, I always have to weigh my priorities. Um, like, you know what? We launched a feature, uh, two weeks ago and it's not performing super well. Um, like I definitely need to address that, but maybe that's going to be like fourth on my priority right. list. Uh, it's always like moving and move uh, as fast as you can. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind of like it. Actually metrics is something that we're, we're also like making a big effort to improve right now because it was not like built in place uh, from the beginning, like to get all those metrics, all that data from usage and stuff like that, like right. from users on our platform. Data so, is so hard to get right. Yeah. Like we're, yeah, I mean, we're still yeah, struggling yeah. with it. And especially, so I, I don't, I don't think this is a popular opinion, but, um, I, maybe we talked about this already. Like I see a lot of people doing AB tests. They're doing AB tests because they couldn't decide on something. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I don't like when that happens. Like, hey, should this button have a border or, or not? Like, should it be just a fill or whatever? Like, yeah, hey, we'll A-B <laughs> test that. Like, no, <laughs> no, let's make a decision and own it. And then, like, we can A-B test, you know, bigger things. Uh, or, like, if a feature is improving something or not, or doing the other way, or, like, maybe a redesign of a screen or something. But... I don't know. I feel like I've seen a lot of people just going to A-B test as a, like a cop-out. Like, uh, oh, I don't know. We'll A-B test it. Uh, <laughs> do you see this? Yeah, certainly. I think like you should never test A-B test something that you don't want to win. <laughs> so like if, if you're A-B testing something, it's because you actually think it will be better. Um, and then you just want to confirm that assumption. Um, but yeah, I completely yeah, agree. That happens more than... I feel comfortable. Uh, well, I'm not saying at my current job. I'm saying I, I see that everywhere through every company that I've been in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's like, yeah. And sometimes like, yeah, anyway, I don't, <laughs> this is going to go to a dark place. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, again, research, I feel like it's like a luxury for a lot of companies, um, like especially having like a dedicated team um, mm. focus on that. Um, but I also feel like it shouldn't be, and it's, it's like a misconception again, having, doing research doesn't mean that you have to have a 10 people research team doing it like on the side. Yeah, exactly. Good. And, and trust me, it'll save you so much time. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's certainly a net positive on, um, like the time it'll take you to complete the project. Um, it saves you a lot. Like you, if you do this you'll be much more confident in your decisions. You'll make better decisions and you won't have to go back over and over again, like do a bunch of back and forth uh, or, or even like go through all the trouble of building something entirely, A-B testing it, learning, you know what, no one wants this or mm -hmm. it doesn't work the way people expect and then like having to redo it again. Um, like just a quick user research session will help. Especially if you're designing something that you're not really the target um, especially because you know, right now I'm building a, I'm building a platform or tool for developers. Mm -hmm. I uh, web developers, like I am kind of a web developer. I know a bunch of web developers. Like we're all web developers in that team, so it's kind of like it's easier to, uh, like assumptions are are more safe assumptions. I would say is that, mm -hmm. uh, but like especially if you're designing something for a market for a, a field that you're not really comfortable like you don't know much about it um actually i 
again at that old agency. Um, I, I feel like I already told this story on this on this show, but I had to design this app for uh, juries on this sport called agility, like for dogs. Okay, <laughs> I don't think you've ever told the story. I don't. I don't recall that. No, yeah. uh, that was super fun. So. Uh, agility is that sport we have like dogs competing like going uh -huh. through hoops and through tunnels, yeah, yeah, yeah. things and you know you have to complete that in a very short mm -hmm. amount of time um so there's a jury in each match i don't know if you call this match um and like i had to design a tool an app for those juries to track the time and check uh, if it's a fault or if it's a strike or whatever mm -hmm. um of course i know nothing about this sport i don't even know <laughs> that existed um so we spent a couple days Uh, more than maybe I should uh, just watching YouTube videos of that like those matches which was awesome uh, I met two juries um, and like I, I was able to like have a proper explanation of exactly what they're doing and how and why they're doing that um, so I, I would say like the whole thing took like a week before I started actually designing it so and that that was like research over there it wasn't a luxury it wasn't a necessity like i couldn't for the sake of me just starting designing out of the blue without even like really knowing what what i was doing right yeah, yeah, yeah. so especially if you're not super familiar with the the market that you're designing for you should definitely i would say you need to do some basic proper research um so yeah I never told this story before. No, I really haven't heard of this. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> really great. That was awesome. I feel <laughs> so yeah, um, and so I thought I'd give a few like pointers if that's something that um, anyone who's listening wants to to try and do. Um, Please do. So um, the first one, <clears throat> so when you're kind of like doing your planning. Um, I would start by uh, thinking about all the assumptions you're making. So what are kind of like the main like questions that need to be true uh, in order for like your your plan to be a success? So that that changes like depending on what product you're you're working on. Um, but like try to think, okay, what what do I feel like I know my users want to do? Um, and try to confirm those. So once you have kind of like that list of the, the big unknowns for your project, um, then it's time to work uh, to write down your questions. And I would actually like really like write those down, like word for word um, in a document and have all of them. Because um, it's always good to have like kind of a reference, um, so that when you go and uh, like visit that that user, um, that you don't like start forgetting questions. Because um, then that's super frustrating when you're like, oh, I forgot about like these two super important questions. Uh, so actually having them down with you uh, really helps out a lot with that. And then in your questions, uh, try to be as uh, kind of objective as possible. Um, so try to avoid questions like, uh, do you prefer this? Because <laughs> um, that really kind of pushes people towards a certain direction. Um, so go with questions that are a bit more neutral. Uh, like, so asking, um, what do you think should happen when you do this, you want to do this or something like that. You don't really need to test on a lot of people. Usually like kind of like five or six people is going to be plenty of, uh, of feedback and um, that will get let you like know what most of people's expectations are like you'll see things um, that are going to be similar uh, really quickly you're going you're gonna to notice patterns exactly yeah the answers when you're starting the interview um, start with questions that kind of will put your your users or like people uh, that you're talking to at ease. Um, so like one of the questions I often like to ask our merchants is, do you remember where you were when you made your first sale? And a lot of them have like this super fascinating answer because um, I mean, most of them do like really remember exactly like the precise moment and what they were doing. Uh, and it's always like kind of a fun story uh, for them to tell and for, for me to hear. Um, and then we kind of like slowly get into the topic. And uh, my last point was um, having a note taker 
uh, really helps a lot. It'll make the conversation flow a lot better because you're not like stopping every like five minutes to write down what the, the person said. Um, and it also makes the person you're interviewing a lot more comfortable because um, it doesn't feel like you're, you're judging them on everything they're saying. So having someone off to the side who's just like silently taking notes is perfect for that. Couldn't you uh, maybe record the, the session? Yeah, if possible. Sometimes it's not possible. Like if you're in a coffee shop or something like that, like sometimes it gets mm -hmm. pretty loud and you can't even hear anything. But certainly like if you're kind of doing later on like some research um, and you're showing kind of like mock-ups and stuff like that, um, then I, I'd say like rec try to record the screen uh, and even like the, the webcam if possible um, so that you kind of see people's facial expression and you can hear them and you can see what they're looking at. But honestly, like the, the thing with this is that the simpler, the better, like don't overcomplicate things, like make it as simple as possible so that you have zero excuse not to do it uh, and start there. <laughs> and after that, like once you redo really it and get to see the value in it, then you can invest in having a more complicated setup. So yeah, that's pretty much it. That that's that was awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take notes as well. Uh, I definitely wanted to start doing this more and more, uh, and not wait until I work at a company that has a team to do that because uh, I feel like it's super important and it kind of like it makes you relate more to your users. You know, you're actually face to face with them. Like yeah, and it's it's so much fun. Like on it, like when I did it uh, a couple of weeks ago, I just came back to the office and I was like so pumped. I was like, okay, I just like want to go and like design stuff, you know, like want to <laughs> make the these uh, these people's lives better, you know. Um, so it's really cool. Like, kind of get that like real feeling of, hey, like the stuff that I'm doing is actually impacting people. Like, this is great. Um, so yeah, highly recommend it. Uh, if you give it give it a try, um, shoot us an email or a tweet or a message on Slack. I'd love to hear kind of like your experiences. Definitely. All right. Um, so we have a second topic that I'm very interested to hear about. Um, and kind of like the reason why I brought it up is I saw uh, one of your recent vlogs. And let me find the title of it. Oh, um, so yeah, I, I saw this in my list of uh, subscriptions in, in YouTube uh, and the title of the vlog is just, I burned out. And when I saw that, saw that I was like, holy crap, uh, then I watched <laughs> it immediately. Uh, and then I totally got like, I don't know, not scared, but I got like kind of like, oh man, like I feel super bad and I kind of wanted to talk about it with you. Um, yeah, uh, I got a, I got a couple of people just reaching out on, on Facebook and all they, they got worried. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe the, the title was just too strong. Um, but it did happen. Like I'm okay. Um, so I, I burned out. I had like, I had a burnout and it, it was my second burnout in my life. But I also, like, this is a very like personal topic. Like it's, if people are listening to this and they experience burnouts like it's it's hard for me to generalize burnout as a thing just based on the experience that i've had so um i don't want to say like i burned out and someone is listening and and like he burned out in a total different way that you know what you're wrong um that's nothing <laughs> so I'm, I'm cautious when i approach this topic but the reality is it's the second time it happened in the way you experience this is it's not that you get super tired and you just, you know, you're not as productive and you're tired and you're sleepy. It's, 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 you, you can't do anything, mm -hmm. which is super scary. Like my natural state is I'm always like pumped and I want to do stuff. I'm always like doing stuff. And I, I found myself like I, I couldn't do anything like, <laughs> I would just sit on the couch and or in bed and I was like, no, today, no, I can't. And of course I still had to work. I had <laughs> obligations. So I would wake up, I would go to the office and I sit on the computer and like, no, nothing is, I can't. And then I attended meetings because that's easy. Um, 
And I was just like, productivity is at the zero. Right. <laughs> like it, it, it was, it's terrible. And I can immediately like notice it. Like I know when I'm burned out or not. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like after a day or two, I was like, oh, Jesus, this, this can't go on. I have to do something. But then you can't do anything. So it's like, it's a very <laughs> hard place to come out of. Right. Um, but like, so the first time I, I, I felt this was, I don't know, maybe, maybe two years, three years ago, uh, when I took on those crazy hours, uh, sleeping very little and working too much. And that happened. Like I got to a point, like I, I didn't want to do anything like I couldn't, but this time, not only was I feeling all of that again, which is just in your mind. It's a, just a, you know, it's a psychological issue. Um, I also felt it very physically, like my whole body was, you know, when you have like a cramp on your leg or something. Uh, yeah, that's the worst. So like, I felt that in my body, oh, God. <laughs> like, my whole body. And I, I attribute this, like I self-diagnosed myself. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I, I just try to think back at, okay, how did, how was my life? How did it look like in the mm-hmm. past I don't know, two months or something? And it was just that. I mean, we talked about it on the show. I was, I was working crazy hours that, uh, with the fact that I was, I travel, uh, a lot, uh, for like a, a week. Um, I like slept at the airport with no comfortable place to, to, to lay down. And it was like just a bunch of stress in traveling in work in not sleeping enough. Um, so I got to a point like my whole back just shut down. Like I couldn't sit down. Uh, I couldn't lay down. I couldn't do anything. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> so the way that I crawled out of that hole was like, I love Mondays because like Monday is my, That's such my a favorite funny day thing. of the week. What? It's funny that you love Mondays. Like I, I'd say <laughs> most people wouldn't say that they love Mondays, <laughs> but I get what you mean. I feel like if you love your job, you love Mondays. Yeah. If you kind of hate your job, you love Fridays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Cause like you're celebrating Fridays you're celebrating that, you know what, tomorrow I don't have to work. And well, whatever. but I mean, I think you can like Fridays more than like a Wednesday though. Uh, sure. Well, the reason I love Mondays is that like, it's a, it's the beginning of the week. So usually <laughs> yeah. like, you know, deadlines or whatever, like you, you plan out your week yeah. and on a Monday it's the first day, like you can do everything. You're not late to anything. You, like <laughs> it's, it's a whole new week. It, like, <laughs> The world is an oyster. So <laughs> like, I love, I love Mondays. <laughs> it's like, it's like a new beginning. So the way I crawl back from that hole and uh, like, I, I approached it like a Monday. So starting Monday, you know what? I'm going to go. Um, the way I try to fix my back was I, I just went to this, uh, like massage parlor, like the therapeutic massages, like not the feel good massages, the, the, I'm going to stretch your back and you're going to suffer. So the painful, <laughs> The painful ones. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I booked like the, the longest session I could. It was 90 minutes, 90 minutes in pain. Um, <laughs> so I did that. I started like eating healthy and <laughs> I slept a lot. And just like I approached this as a new beginning. All right, let's work towards this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like really helped. And it took a while for me to get back at my productivity levels. Um but yeah, like the world was crumbling <laughs> around me and I just had to crawl out of it. And it's, I'm not saying this, like it's easy. You just have to crawl back, <laughs> like crawl all of it. It's hard, um, but it's all in your mind. You have to, like, it might take you a couple of days. It might take you weeks. It might take you months, but you have mm-hmm. to really work towards that goal, like every day. And it's going to be different. Not, not, not everyone's going to, you know, feel this, experience this the same way. Um, so would you say that getting that massage is what helped you get out of it or was that like in conjunction with something else? So it, it helped me in one way, like physically it helped me because my right. back was all closed up and cramped. Mm-hmm. So it physically helped me to feel better, but it also like, it was like, I set out this plan and that was like step one. So just the fact that I went there, it was like, I'm, I'm working towards 
this, like I'm fixing myself, mm-hmm. right? So psychologically, like you were doing progress. So it definitely helped me. Uh, now it's all, I'm all good, but <laughs> it's so, uh, it's a terrible thing. Uh, it's stupid. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, yeah, totally. And have you like made some changes since so that like it doesn't happen again, or is that, or do you feel like it's more? It happened, but it's like not really necessarily related to like a recurring thing that's happening. It's always just like this one time because like you had a lot of travel and had lots of stuff, and then like now that's sort of behind you. Or um, that's a good question. So I, <laughs> I didn't change like everything. Like no, I'm gonna mm-hmm. stop working. You know, like I just I just made a couple hard decisions. Like I started saying no to a lot of stuff, like projects. And work like no I'm not I have to drop this I can't sustain all of this um, and I, I was already struggling with that uh, but I just had to make a decision and just say starting saying no to, to stuff which also leads me it's interesting uh, I don't know if you experienced this um, so for example actually this week a family member of mine um, got in touch and asked me hey um, can you <laughs> build this website for us oh for yeah company. you know the classic <laughs> yeah and, like i hate <sighs> i hate that people ask me this but i understand like i don't but i hate that just by asking they put me in a terrible position <laughs> yeah just like i i don't want to say yes and like burn out again like i'm <laughs> i'm super busy i can't co- you know so unless it's your mom, say no. <laughs> yeah, but then like if you say no, you feel like an asshole. But it's... Well, but there's ways to say that <laughs> nicely. I don't know. You can no, like, I know. recommend I people, know. or you can say, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, I'm I'm busy right now, but maybe in a couple months." <laughs> but still, and then, yeah. like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's, it's horrible. Fun. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I'm honestly like I can't say that I've ever had a good experience when like doing something for a family member. No, it's always like a horrible idea. <laughs> so and honestly, like I think it's it's the right thing to do for both is to like not do something together. Mm-hmm. Um, because then honestly, like you'll be stuck with this client forever. And yeah, yeah, yeah that's a problem. Like if if it was just to put up a website up i'll just go to squarespace like pick a template spend like an hour here you have a website mm-hmm. um but then you know hey change this and this i need to change that and then in a week they're gonna hey what about email and then two months from now they're, hey we need to change something something like no you get mm-hmm. stuck with that forever <laughs> yeah definitely so right so anyway, <laughs> um <laughs> back to the, <laughs> the burnout thing it's it, it sucks really bad and i can't like there there's no recipe to to avoid it well i guess no even even if you it's i don't feel like it just if you are if you have a bunch of stress and you are working too much i don't feel like that just means you're going to burn out sometimes you you just feel it's like burnout and a depression is really kind of goes hand to hand maybe it's not fair to say again i never suffered from a depression so i'm i don't want to you know i don't want to step out of the line because i i really don't know but i feel like it's a very psychological thing and it's not just because you are working too much Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just you're not motivated or not like you you just you know slowly and gradually you, you start giving up and it's terrible and very hard to fix so yeah I, I don't think I've ever like suffered from, from burnout or depression for that matter. But I've been very aware like multiple times that like I, I could tell I was right on the line. You know, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, if you keep going, you'll definitely burn out. And so far, like I've been lucky that I've I've been like able to stop and take a bit of time off and just kind of let it like cool down but it's it's totally a tricky thing when you're really passionate about what you do right like <laughs> it's like honestly like designing is one of the stuff that uh, one of the things that I love the most doing 
it's like mm-hmm. I, I do this for fun, you know. Um, even if it's I do it in my day job, I do it on the side, um, and I've always been careful so that like I never have to stop like that I still can like choose to stop but sometimes sometimes drawing that line of like I know you really want to get this done but like if you do this you'll be like way worse off because then you'll be you'll have to be off for an entire week so you need to choose right now to take some time off and just like take a little break for for a bit and come back to it later um because that's actually going to be like the more most productive thing um but yeah i mean i'm i'm honestly like pretty scared of that happening to me and i like for example like this week has been pretty crazy week for me (laughs) um i'm like doing a talk next week then like traveling a bunch the week after um had like a lot of stuff going on at work like I'm involved in a lot of projects uh, that are like getting closer to the launch and it's just like a lot of pressure. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I, I thought like it was interesting that you like really spoke up about it because I mean, a lot of people don't. um, And like, I mean, I didn't like do anything. I didn't like talk about what I like was feeling where like this is, this was the direction I was going kind of. Um, and like the fact that you made an entire video about it, I think really shows how like the power of kind of like speaking up about those things. But I also found it <laughs> a bit ironic uh, that like you're you're talking about burnout and then <laughs> like that's just how I imagined in my head. But like the first thing you do is create a video about it. Um, uh, but I mean, it probably yeah. didn't happen that way. Like in, in reality, like, I, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, but like, did it, did you do the video immediately or you waited a little bit and like, did it like mostly in retrospect? Um, so I, I started recording the video after like the day I went to that massage right? and I like on, it was like part of the recovery process. Right. <laughs> um, but I also took like a week to edit it and post it. So when I posted it, was I recorded it like a week prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? Saying no to stuff, uh, the vlogs was uh, like a victim. Uh, right. I was doing almost daily, not really, but like very regularly. And now I'm doing like one to two a week. Um, so it's just one example where I had to, I had to cut down something. Like I have to reorganize priorities in my life. Um, so yeah, all is good now. Um, <laughs> but it is, a, it is a touchy feely subject because I feel like, again, I, I, I really don't want to talk for someone else, but um, I feel like because this is so personal and it is like, you can feel like it's a weakness you know, like you were weak mm-hmm. because you couldn't do stuff. Like you burn out. It's, it's like, I feel like some people might be like, they don't want to show that to other people. Like they, they don't want people to know that you air quotes qu- uh, like failed. Right. Um, which is total nonsense. But some people see it like, like that, like that way. Um, like you, 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 you couldn't endure it. Like you, 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 you failed. You're weak. So again, just like depression, a lot of people don't speak up because they feel like, you know, they're just not being strong enough, and, which is total nonsense. Again, it's 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 a it's a real problem that it can happen to anyone and everyone. Uh, do you think it's like tied to some sort of like masculine masculinity, like oh, like I have to show that I'm tough, like I can I can do this, like. <laughs> and I mean, in the grand scheme of thing, like it's not like we're doing like work that's physically hard in any way but it, it's like the way i see it it's sort of the our equivalent of that which is like okay i'm gonna power through this like i'll work 24 hours and like just like drink like five red bulls and just power through this but uh, i don't know I, it just feels like you're you're trying to like prove something in a way like and i think like speaking up about it like I feel like it might even be like one of the first um, like first signs that like you're able to get past it 
is like being able to talk about it and like address it as like a thing that is happening. No, definitely. Like, I, I feel like it all comes down to, you have to do something. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like that's a very good first step. Uh, just admit it and, and acknowledge it and speak up to other people. Like, uh, I would say maybe you'd be surprised of just how many people have gone through something similar. Um, but you have to do something and kind of keep the momentum and, you know, step by step, <laughs> uh, get back to, to the normal, <laughs> regular step self. Step. <laughs> what is that? Is that a song? <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, it's an old song. Uh, that, that new kids on the block. There we go. Don't know that song. I'm sorry, no. Anyway, uh, we shouldn't leave on the on this sad note. Uh, <laughs> oh wait, should we talk? Should we talk about Rogue Two? <laughs> Rogue One Two. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the new trailer came out. What do you think about it? So I saw your tweet. You're still not like super pumped. Yeah. Uh, I am more pumped. Uh, this trailer was like, it, it introduced a lot of new stuff. I haven't seen new characters and all. Like, uh, I don't know the character's name, like the, the main character's uh, backstory, mm-hmm. father, right? We've seen, we, 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 we saw Vader, which is yeah. exciting. That was exciting. There he is. And we saw a lot of explosions and stuff, which is always funny and cool. I'm more and more psyched. I mean, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I I really did like this one more. Um, mm-hmm. But somehow, like, it just feels so different. And I don't know if it's the palm trees or, <laughs> or something, <laughs> but it doesn't feel right. Yeah, actually, I even commented with a friend I was watching with him. This is the first time we've seen like a beach on a Star Wars. Yeah, movie, right? and it feels like it shouldn't be part of Star Wars. Star Wars doesn't have beaches. <laughs> what do you mean? You have to you have like like you have to introduce new elements. We've seen the yeah, the, the forest planet. It feels the too normal. Snow planet. Now this is the beach planet. <laughs> <laughs> There's all these new new planets. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. know, dude. I don't know what to say. I'm super excited. I think it was a good trailer. Uh, I'm I'm kind of pissed that it, it just introduced a lot of new stuff, and it's in a way it's like spoilery, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like w- with every single trailer, we're, we're, we're having a better grasp of the just the plot, overall plot. Yeah, but I feel like I already know how it's gonna end, and that's probably the thing that I like less about this, like the the worst offense of this movie i'd say like so far that i know how it's gonna end you know okay so we do know that they end up getting the plans yeah you know that yeah but how and do they survive or not i just have a feeling that almost all these characters are gonna die because we don't see it later in in later movies (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean whether they die or not like we're not gonna see them again so maybe they could do another movie like in the same timeline as the original trilogy, but like separate story. It just feels like one giant flashback to me. <laughs> and when in I'm TV okay shows, that. like you get the ep- the flashback episode, <laughs> feels a bit like just that. Put like a sepia filter or like a black and white <laughs> <Exactly>. filter. <laughs> and we, they put the beach instead filter. of the <laughs> instead of the crawler, the the fanfare. We just hear like a little arp. The fanfare. No, I'm still, I'm still gonna see it on like the first day and everything, and I, I really hope I'm wrong. Like that's like that was kind of my thing. Like I hope I'm wrong, and I hope like it doesn't sound interesting just because like I don't know, it's a weird trailer or whatever, and the the actual movie is gonna be good, but I don't know. You got a bad feeling about this one. Even though I'm super pumped about it, like I I just jump out of my seat when I saw the trailer. I was like, oh my God. Uh, my expectations are like 
pretty moderate. Like right. I'm not, you know, this is not Star Wars is back. Like it right. was with the with like the, I feel like I'm way more excited about the the next. Uh, I mean, the follow on to uh, the Force Awakens mm-hmm. episode eight. Episode eight. Yeah, I don't feel like it has a a title yet. Yeah, I don't think it has a title yet. Like I'm super excited about that. Like I can't wait to see all like my favorite characters again. But this one feels like okay. Like these are like kind of like side character. Like yeah, I'm just I'm just happy that from now on every December I'm gonna be able to revisit the Star Wars universe and like <laughs> be in it. Is like I'm really like it's this warm feeling that I get. I'm just I'm just excited. I want to be there again. Yeah, and I'm and I'm excited for there to be new Star Wars for young people. You know, like think about like kids. I mean, they're not gonna go back and watch the old Star Wars. Okay, if if we didn't have new Star Wars, they wouldn't know about it, and there would be like an entire generation who's like, "Oh, Star Wars, this old thing," and I don't want that to happen. Um, so it's really great that now there's more frequent Star Wars, and I, I I feel like Disney is gonna make a new Star Wars forever, basically. <laughs> so uh, yeah, pretty yep. excited about that. So do we have recommendations? I have one. Okay, uh, go ahead. Okay. So my recommendation is this short film. Uh, it's six minutes long, and it's called Borrowed Time. In one, like, every single prize that it could have. <laughs> um, it's it's an animated short film, uh, animated by some, some Pixar employees. Uh, I don't know if X Pixar or if they're still there. Like it's a side project, <laughs> um, and this feels like a short that Pixar couldn't do but would like to. Again, six huh. minutes long. This is amazing. All the feels and it's like the reason why I, I would say that Pixar couldn't do is because this is like I feel like Pixar makes movies for children that the parents can enjoy. And this is mm-hmm. definitely not it. This is a very mature uh, theme. So I don't want to spoil anything. It's six minutes. Just after <laughs> listen to this, just click on a link in the show notes. Just watch it. It's uh-huh. amazing. It's so emotional. It's Jesus. It's awesome. It's it's awesome. I haven't seen it, but you're really overselling it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I hope it's going to live up to the expectations. It's on Vimeo. It's like, it's uh, really just awesome. put a link in the show notes. Uh, you should definitely check that out. Awesome. All right. I found my recommendation. So I recently pre-ordered this book um, that sounds very interesting. At least the the title of it is awesome. <laughs> Are you ready? I um, don't know. The, the title is <laughs> Copy Wrong to Copywriter. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so it's a practical guide uh, to copywriting for like businesses, like designers and like just people in general who want to get better at uh, writing content and it sounds like super fun and has like cool illustrations in it. And, um, yeah, I, I kind of like want to get better at writing copy. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think it's kind of like one of my weaknesses probably right now. Um, so yeah, pretty psyched for that one. <laughs> um, and I mean, I absolutely love the title. <laughs> I'm going to wait for your, comprehensive review <laughs> all right when you're done with it like that in a few weeks cool cool um so yeah uh that's it for this week uh thanks everyone for listening uh if you guys want to follow along and just keep the conversation alive uh the best place to do that is on our slack channel just go to spec.fm slash slack um enter your little email get an invite and you join us and you have like a layout specific uh, channel. Uh, you also have like for all Spec FM shows. Uh, so if you're, you're probably already there. Uh, and by all the way, the we shows. we just crossed a hundred um, this week. A hundred people in our Slack channel thing, which is awesome. Boom! So thanks to everyone who joined. <laughs> if you want to follow us on the Twitters, we are at Layout FM uh, over there. If you want to follow us like individual Twitter accounts, it's on. It's in that bio. And um, yeah, if you want to listen to more shows like this, um, and even way better, <laughs> just go to spec.fm. We have shows for designers. I mean, design details is, uh, I would say, the 
the design oh, show. Oh yeah, uh, and if I can recommend uh, one specific episode, uh, I highly recommend listening to uh, the the episode of Design Details with uh, Payam Rajabi. Um, he's a really good friend of mine and a coworker. Um, so he talks a lot about what it's like to uh, be on the patterns team at Shopify. It's uh, a really nice. good episode. I still haven't got to that one. It. It's on my list. So yeah. <laughs> And uh, if I can mention one last thing, it's like the the second outro. <laughs> um, sure. I'll be uh, speaking at Giant Conf uh, next week, or actually, <laughs> for if when you're hearing this, it's going to be this week. Um, so if you're there, uh, don't hesitate. Please come and say hi. Uh, I would absolutely love to meet uh, listeners of the show there. Um, so yeah, just my little plug. Boom. But I'll talk to you next week, dude. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.